I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert. My pronouns are also he and him. And And this this is Grizzly Kiki. Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. Warby Porker? That's a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them them that link one more time. Oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. Hi. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we've been oh, here before. That. Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> that. How are you? I'm good. Feeling a little silly. How are mm, you? I'm good. Um, excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's been a weekend. Well, so, let's, let's talk about yeah. why we're... Um, it was a great yeah. weekend, but then our car broke down. Yeah. At one in the morning in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Um, so waiting four hours, or almost uh, over three hours for a tow truck to come. And it just kind of, it I, it threw me out off sync. I, I feel like I really sometimes don't realize how important a regular sleep schedule, even on the weekends, can be. Yeah. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit thrown. Yeah, I, um, I slept for like 10 hours yesterday. So I, I guess I just needed, I don't know if I was getting sick or what was happening, but I needed, I needed the rest. I'm getting sick. I'm yeah. sick of this car. I know. I know. We've been talking about this car all day today and just trying to figure out what's going on because it's not the first time. Well, before we get into that, I just want to, I think we should throw out a quick thank you to our friend David and our friend Irene for spending those three or three four hours, hours with us. Um, you could have been sleeping, but you were, you know, keeping us company, mm-hmm. keeping us warm. So thank you to both yeah. of you. Um, I, the, the, so the issue we're having with the car now is an issue we've had before. I actually, the, the last time this happened, um, I want to say it was like in the spring, yeah, uh, possibly, like or that. maybe a little bit earlier than that. And I went grocery shopping, came out and the car wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the, the, the tow truck that AAA sent had a um like a garage took the car fixed it we got it back haven't had a problem since until this past weekend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was like it's like the same symptoms i mean at this point we're ready to junk our car but we have a loan on it so i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do we're gonna figure something out Mm -hmm. hopefully Um, i wish i had a relative who was like a mechanic right like like my dad's an exterminator and that's very handy like like no you know very very happy about that but i wish my dad were also a mechanic or a cousin or my brother or anybody yeah yeah because like i don't trust them well not my family i mean i don't trust like mechanics and stuff i don't know yeah yeah so it's like adding on to the anxiety i think of the um of the issue itself is then like okay so are we gonna take it somewhere and like are they gonna rip us off are they gonna find out what's going on like how long will this work you know it's a very um i don't know maybe i should just become a mechanic myself maybe i love go ahead right just go ahead done done with the arts we need queer mechanics we need what queer mechanics Queer mechanics yeah why not yeah 
I've yeah. I've actually thought about it several times. Um, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Mm. Uh, so what else? What else happened this past week? What, what else? Well, Pissy Miles became famouser this week, right? I know. I she mean... was she was the toast of the impeachment hearings this yes. past week. Yes. Um she was the mistress of the impeachment. The mistress. Ooh, mistress. Um what, one more famous dress near the White House. <laughs> that, wow. That red I mean, um I have to say wow. it, it it well, mainly because it's our very very good friend. Um and not not because she's famous, but the fact that like we didn't even know this was happening until yeah. the day of. Like we we saw the coverage, and I was like, "Uh, what?" Um, I think what made me so proud of this is that of all the queens we know, or you know, of our friends, Pissy is one of the people who's most tapped into politics and you know issues surrounding them. You know, and right. and she does follow these things quite intently. Um. And so for her to be chosen by this, I, I think like a new a new news app. I don't remember the name of yes. it, but um, haps haps to like two piece to cover this. <laughs> I think is not only important because it's something that I know she's passionate about, but even more than that, it's a very visibly queer body taking space in this very visibly conservative environment. Right, and it's something that. I think a lot of people are maybe seeing as like a novelty or wow, how cool is that? But I think this has much like, you know, like far implications that are a little more far reaching than I think we even comprehend now. Because it's not just her being the talk of the town. It's that there was just, uh, like I said, like a a symbol of what this administration hates. Mm -hmm. So present and allowed in, you know, and, and anyway, that's what I kind of thought to be probably one of the most important aspects of this Mm -hmm. thing yeah i um i'm just excited that our friend is like part of history now Mm -hmm. because this will be this will be part of the way that the the way that the story of this event like this this big event in our lifetime is told the the, the pissy will be part of that Mm -hmm. you know um i just i'm i'm very proud of our friend and i'm so excited for all the attention that that she's getting yeah i can't wait and i hope there's way more way way more because she deserves it very proud of her yeah um so last week we put it out to the listeners uh that we want to start doing a segment on the masked singer and we've gotten some responses we're going to read one yes so uh our listener courtney wrote in um saying i would love to hear you both talk about the masked singer well it's coming um she, granted. <laughs> she continues my husband and i watch the show and love discussing who we think the singers are and i would love to hear more than just his opinion because he's pretty bad at guessing <laughs> so am i um i also wanted to say i love listening to the podcast and you have definitely opened my my heart and mind to being inclusive and better understanding others and keeping others interests backgrounds gender expressions culture etc in mind when communicating and thinking in regard to all people thank you for all of you for all you do love courtney oh thanks courtney thank you so much um the judges are also really bad at guessing so i know I think I st- it's part of the show. I still think it's a plan. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. So we're going to talk about the masked singer now. So if you are, um, if you're not watching or you don't want spoilers, there will be spoilers mm-hmm. from here on out, basically from here until the end of this segment. So beware. Yeah. So as as we've spoken about, we really like the masked singer, and so um, now in its second season, it's you know celebrities that are masked singing mm-hmm. um and apparently nobody knows who they are not even the host like nobody and then they basically battle it out in each episode they unmask one and we're like woo it's a famous person right, right. um so with that in mind here is the list of uh contestants who have already been unmasked well why don't we yep. give our guesses did you have oh. any guesses for the egg no before they were unmasked no. no i didn't i mean i um some of these were really hard this season. Well, they happen so say. they happen so fast because the first episode was like a double episode. Yeah. So the first two people on this list were unmasked on that episode. Yeah. So the egg, I um no no yeah I didn't have a guess either no. And who was it? It was Johnny Weir. Hmm. Um, which made sense. The egg, 
the references to Russia. Oh, yeah. the Fabergé uh-huh. egg, of course. Yeah. Okay. As soon as I like, I was like, as soon oh. as he took off the mask, you were like, oh, of Duh. course it's Johnny Weir. Yeah. yeah. Um. Next up is or just ice cream. And I remember being like, don't know, don't care. And apparently it was this Twitch youtuber or whatever but anyway named ninja i yes don't know. Like, ninja who is uh a patrick, patrick kuzara's brother yeah a, a, a dj who yeah used to live in new york yeah um next up is the panda so i remember thinking that the panda was possibly maybe i'm thinking of someone else i think i'm thinking of another one um yeah i think i think for a little bit because of the um there was something about the the Oh man, it was like mannerisms is the word I'm looking for. Maybe there was something about the way that the panda carried themselves that I thought it was. Um, I thought it was Daniel Brooks, but I feel like I'm I'm thinking mm. that someone else is Daniel Brooks too yeah. at this point. So I let body shape lead me a lot mm-hmm. for this because she was wearing these like sweatpants, and so you could really see the like curves of her body. Yeah, and a person that I thought of as soon as she stepped out was Niecy Nash. Okay. But obviously when she started singing, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm nowhere near it. I'm not going to be like guessing. And so a lot of times I just kind of just enjoy because it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, But the clues were weird because I think they ended up thinking it was Ronda Rousey and it turned out to be Layla Ali. Yeah. Um, So... But yeah. There you go. Uh, next up is the eagle. Okay, so the eagle, I immediately was like, you have the same body type uh, on TV because I know I know that the person who ended up being the eagle very different. But I me- immediately went for Terry Bradshaw, who was on last season, mm-hmm. and it. I don't even know how I know that name. <laughs> oh, the football player, the ex football player, and and current uh, like commentator. Commentator, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. I. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly like when it comes to the men, it's really hard because I don't hmm. you know listen to a lot of music like with men's voices. You know, so it it, should, it's hard. For it me. should be difficult because I don't listen to a lot of, of male singers as well. But there's actually two in the group that haven't been masked yet, haven't been unmasked yet that I'm 100 percent certain uh, mm. who they are, oddly enough, because they have distinctive voices. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who was the was eagle? Dr. Drew. Yeah. I, what a surprise. I was like, wow, really? Also, I, I can't remember his age right now, but I remember that when they, they actually stated his age for whatever reason, or I, uh-huh. I Googled him, and I was just like, oh, really? Because he does not look what his age is not at all like not even close yeah um next up was the skeleton who we were convinced was martin short yep absolutely like yeah that skeleton was modeled mm -hmm. after martin short you can't tell me like the just Mm -hmm. the way that that it carried him like the skeleton carried himself and all of the mannerisms and all that it was very martin short yeah and the the like the funny things that he did were also very martin Martin Short. short as well yeah but it turned out to be paul schieffer the, the the band leader on David Letterman, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense because... Because as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, the voice. Yes. Like... Not just the voice, but the glasses. Like the glasses that the uh, that the skeleton wore were very Paul Schaefer glasses. <gasps> oh my so, God, he did. I didn't even yeah. realize that. Yeah. Look at that. Uh-huh. Um, next was the penguin. I'm trying to remember what the penguin looked like and who I thought was in there. Oh, okay. I still haven't remembered her name yet. She's a comedian. She's a, oh uh, yeah, I couldn't figure the this black out. comedian from San Francisco. She regularly talks about she how she doesn't have a butt. Mm-hmm. Um, I should just look up her name now. Did you have any guesses for the penguin? I, I thought it was Raven out? Simone. Again, I was thinking of like oh that's ra- right. I was thinking of body type and like the way she was moving. I just really. You know, oh my god, I feel like I, I I sound like one of the judges right now. Um, yeah, that's who I thought it was. Um, this person was on Friends, and it's going to take me six hundred years. And they were dating Ross at a certain point. People are listening and screaming this person's <gasps> name. What oh, is her name? Oh, mm. that's who I thought was it she was. On the soup? Possibly. Um, very very possibly. I don't remember. I should have pre- I should have prepared better. Um. Yeah, so I can't remember her name, but why don't I keep looking and we'll move on to the next person. Um, yes, so the penguin ended up being Sherry Shepard. Yes. Finally. Because, like, 
all of season one and most of season two up until that point, mm-hmm. they wanted somebody to be Sherry Shepard. Mm-hmm. And I was tired of hearing it. And so she was finally yeah. on. Um, I thought it was really cute that her um, that her son was the one who was like, you like totally need to do this. Because yeah. that would be so much fun. That was really sweet. Um, uh, her name is Aisha Tyler. The- I could not. I couldn't remember. I can never remember her name. And I used to listen to her podcast. That's the worst part. So I should remember her name. She had some good interviews on her podcast, believe it or not. Uh, Next was the Black Widow, who, uh, who did I think the Black Widow was? I don't know. It was all people from the, from season one that I was like, oh, that could easily Mm be, um, that could easily be Latoya Jackson. Um, Although the, the judges kept guessing, um, the judges kept guessing Nicole Byer. And I was like, while I don't think that that costume, like, I don't think that it looks like Nicole Byer is inside that costume. Mm-hmm. I could see based on the the way that the ladybug, uh, I'm sorry, the Black Widow carried herself that it could have been her. Yeah. Did you, you didn't have any guesses? Um, I mean, Nicole Byer was a good one, I thought. Yeah. But, but again, based on the costume and all that, I was like, maybe, maybe not. Um... And I just want to quickly say, I know that we have given up that, like, we've given out that we are really good at guessing, and we just basically prove that we're not that good Mm -hmm. at guessing. But there are three people that have not been unmasked yet that we are confident on. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) Um, uh, No, I really had no clue. Also, because, like, they've been doing weird things with their voices this season. Yeah, they've been, they've been, and and I'm not talking about their singing voices. They've been doing things to manipulate, or in the case of the next one, yeah. uh, doing things like the person has actually been doing things to their voice to throw you even further, right? And the clues to Raven Simone were so bizarre. Yeah, like so. I'm sure if I went back, and I mean. The thing about it is like it was a reach because you had to under you had to know Raven's career like even her singing career mm-hmm. in order to really understand all of that because I knew that like her her one of her big songs uh which I think is called like Backflip uh was produced by Missy Elliott and so I knew that I just happened oh, to so know the fashion, that it said misdemeanor exactly uh, so I just happened to know that and I was like okay but I would have mm-hmm. never thought of Raven Simone if you showed me something that was evocative of Missy Elliott I just wouldn't have put it together I didn't even know she had such a long singing career yeah I mean I I knew about the Cheetah Girls because you know Disney but it was um it was uh more of a um. I feel like it was more in the front of her mind and also like in the front of everyone else's minds when she was still with the Cheetah Girls. But today mm. it's not really there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then the Ladybug, which was a complete that, surprise. Well, you thought that it was... Ashley Simpson. At, and I was there for it. I was, I was like, convinced. great. Because they were Simpson. talking about, you know, her hosting and like th- there, there were kind of a lot of clues about SNL and yeah. being like a famous sister of somebody, you know, sister of somebody famous or daughter of somebody famous. So I, it was very thrown. But it ended up being Kelly Osborne Who changed her voice. That's not... That's, yeah, that's cheating. She put on a southern <laughs> twang. And I'm like, she really came to play. Yeah. I yeah. do enjoy Kelly Osborne. I do too. I do. And I when they brought up that the there was like a ham in one of her um one of her clue one packages. Of her, yeah. That was referencing the time she threw the ham over the, the fence at into her neighbor's lawn on what I forget the name of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, the Osborns. Yeah. Um. I and then it made me remember how much I love that show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I that was, that was the beginning of reality television. Yeah. Like good for her. Yeah. It was kind of cute. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um. So let's start on the people who have not been unmasked yet. What are your guesses for the butterfly? <sighs> The butterfly, and I don't know if they've guessed it, but I'm willing to accept that it might be Leona Lewis. Okay. I think we Just, talked about this. Like, again, body type, height, the singing's pretty good, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, And, like, after, you know, Kelly Osbourne changing her voice, like, 
you know. One of the things we do while we're watching the show is after uh, one of these characters performs, I will think of someone that I think is um, is like in that costume. Mm-hmm. And then I'll play one of their songs for Daniel as sort of like proof that of where my, my mind is at. And I think I played a Daniel Brooks song for you the last time that the butterfly performed. It was, it was close. It was pretty close. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I don't. Well, let's talk about the flamingo because we know who's in that costume. Adrian Bailon. Oh my God! Yes, it's so yes, obviously yes, yes, her. Yes, 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 absolutely. And um, and I just want to say because last season we read spoilers because we just thought it was a fascinating show and wanted to know more. I have purposely stayed clear, like steered completely clear of all spoilers this season because mm-hmm. I want to be genuinely surprised. I'm having so much yeah. fun watching this show. I think I even I unfollowed them on our Instagram. Because, really? Yes, because of, they'll give it a, away. A few of these have been like the skeleton was spoiled for me. Um, that's good. and the Black Widow was spoiled for me. Yeah, and I was just like, no. So I th- I think I unfollowed them. Yeah, and I uh, another thing that I do is when they um when they have clue packages with obvious things in them, uh, I go into their Wikipedia page mm-hmm. and uh, confirm some of the facts. And I and uh, Adrian mentioned um in her or I'm sorry, the flamingo mentioned <laughs> <laughs> in their clue package that they got tired of hearing their own voice at a certain point. And Adrian Bailon has a whole. Uh, debut solo album that she never released because she got sick of hearing her own voice and she actually talked about it on the reel wow. once so it all that's intense connects yeah um another next one up is i mean the flower uh, patty labelle it's patty labelle i mean okay how could it be anybody not else? that we really needed the clue package but no. like when they said she was a a food ambassador mm-hmm. and there were a number of other things and i've like i've done you know like 524 has been shown i think on a hotel door quite often in her packages mm-hmm. that's her birth date which is may 24th right um there's a number 13 which still not quite clear because she's won more than 13 awards i believe maybe it's a number of albums Maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe it's a number of, of um, albums she's released. But it's also like she is the most like cared for of all of the contestants. Mm-hmm. Like she's escorted. I mean, I think also because of her age, you know, yeah. like and, and that costume looks impossible to move in. You also um, you also can't. It's sort of like when Gladys Knight was on last season. Mm-hmm. You can't really hide that voice. Mm mm. You can't hide Patty Lavelle's Lavelle's voice. All it's all there. You can mm-hmm. tell it's her. Mm-hmm. I hope that Shaka Khan does it next. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna keep in the in the spirit of having these uh, these black women with power powerful voices, mm-hmm. I would like Shaka Khan on there. I want someone with an obvious voice. Or yeah. Anita Baker is another yeah. one that has a very mm-hmm. obvious voice. Who I think they thought. I think that was one of the people they threw out for um for the B. Uh, yeah, for Gladys Knight last yeah. season. Yeah. Um I I would love to know how they get some of these people to do this. Like not not that it's like a show that's beneath people, but it's like Patty LaBelle is like on a Patty LaBelle is on a competition show. Right. Like that, like let that And you don't wash get to see you. you don't get to see her face. No. Yeah. It's I th- I do think yeah. though I think that celebrities are watching other people go on this show and they're seeing how much fun it is mm-hmm. and that is inspiring them to go on so it's probably less of a um I don't know I, I it's probably le- less of a uh, like a gamble for mm-hmm. these people um I just I also think that they really tighten up the the filming schedule so yeah it just it looks like a lot of fun it does and it's kind of um I don't know. Again, I just I feel like everybody's just in it for the amount of fun that they're mm-hmm. having. Um, Who is the fox? I I have to say you you've been very convincing, and I I do believe that it is. Um, I have always Wayne thought Brady. this. Yeah, from the beginning, I'm like mm-hmm. that is Wayne Brady's voice. But the more and more he performs, the more his voice becomes recognizable. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Because I feel like he was doing some things to like not. Because he has he has a pretty recognizable voice, I think. Absolutely, like, particularly his speaking voice, and yeah. he was hiding that in oh. the first like two two times or first time he performed. I think I was talking about his singing voice as being recognizable to me. Oh, I didn't know that he sung. So well, until you know, when I heard that, I think it was when I heard that they'd put him into Chicago as Billy Flynn. I needed to hear what he sounded like, and when I heard it, I was like, "Whoa, this is He's a voice." Good. He's he has a beautiful voice. Huh. He's really good. Also, the the very um, 
kind of racially charged <laughs> um, uh, uh, clues that they put in, particularly how people, you know, are saying that um, he's not a he's not enough of a fox. Yeah, exactly. So like he's it's not like, black enough, which has been something he's been criticized over the course yeah. of his career about, um, and and things of that nature. I think are are pretty good, you know, giveaways. Yeah, as to who he is. Um, the next one is again someone that I am confident. Now, confident the and leopard, they have not gotten anywhere near who this person the is. The leopard, which is a female presenting character. Okay, sure. I mean, debatable. Debatable, but that is, you know, they're wearing period clothing. Yeah, they're wearing they're so, they're wearing a gown. Yeah. And and when when this person performed and a man's voice came out, everybody was like shocked cuz mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, the leopard is a male singer. Right. And um, I mean, the leopard's also really camp because he plays it up like in his, um, I mean, he sounds like Eartha Kitt. He does sound like Eartha Kitt. I just think it's funny that the judges see, uh, like, I guess, like a taste of femininity in mm-hmm. the leopard's mannerisms. And they go right to, they've gone right to RuPaul and Billy Porter. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be more wrong. It's fucking Seal. Yeah, That I is agree. Seal's voice. Mm-hmm. How do you like that is seal? Yeah. If first of all, if it were Billy Porter singing, like you would know. Absolutely. Because his voice is also very hard to, you know, to mask. And if <laughs> and if it were RuPaul singing, the it, leopard would have been unmasked by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um What about the Rottweiler? I I I think I'm gonna agree with that. It's like a I think it's a boy band member. I mean, I, I know that I there are certain clues that have pointed toward Nick Lachey, I think. Um, but there's... I'm bad with boy bands. But I, I feel think... strongly about it either being Nick Lachey or Brian from the Backstreet Boys. Mm. I feel strong... Or no, I'm sorry, AJ. AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. I feel strongly about one of those two. He had the little, right? Like the goatee? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Thingamajig. I'm... Who the judges pointed us in the direction of Montel Jordan. And so what I did is I did a little bit of digging and Montel Jordan is getting ready to release an album. So it makes sense that he would go on a show mm-hmm. like this to promote it. T-Pain did the same thing. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I'm sort of leaning toward Montel Jordan. The thing is, in order to prove it, you have to listen to any song, but this is how we do it, because you don't really get a grasp of his true singing mm-hmm. voice. Um, oh my God, what is that song called? The, ooh, say what, say what, say what? That's the song where I'm like, oh, you can hear it. Mm. In this one, you can hear it. Um, I think it's called like, what's up or, you know, what's up anyway, it's a different, it's another song from his catalog, but like, you know, listen to, listen to his, some of his music. And I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that that's Montel Jordan. Hmm. Uh, and and last is the tree who, so the tree is confusing. Yeah. I think it might be another diva. Hmm. I have a, because her heels are low and chunky. So I think it is definitely a a more mature woman. Okay. Um in in the Patty LaBelle class. Okay. Um perhaps. Um I'm I'm really being a judge right now. <laughs> um but it's it's hard. Also I hate that costume. It's a bad costume. It is just it's terrible and I'm like you, they're trying so hard with that costume to make it not a Christmas tree, but it is like this weird funnel christmas tree <laughs> like you, you could have just made her look like a like a pine tree or like <laughs> a like like a tree just like a regular tree so the the costume is very distracting for me and it's distracting but i think it's more distracting because it's so fucking silly to put a, a human being inside of a tree yeah <laughs> i just think of her i think of her as many of the tin man's hats yeah like when she's moving and it's like this i'm like oh yeah it's like funnel stack but beyond that i'm i'm really kind of like stumped yeah, the judges mentioned Amy Sedaris, which I could totally see oh, her being yeah. in there. And it t- it ties into her TV show. Mm-hmm. So I I really feel like out of this group, she's probably the next one to be unmasked. Yeah. I mean, we'll oh, find out. I take back my diva thing because now thinking about her singing, it's not. Just it's watch not it. Bad. But just watch it be somebody like. You know, I mean, I think the next the next to be unmasked is either the flamingo or the tree because they're mm. the ones with the weaker voices. Mm-hmm. I think out of this group, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but I don't know. I'm also I'm also really excited because 
the it's already been announced that a new season is coming out at the very beginning of next year. Already? I didn't already, know that. Yeah, because wow. it's doing that well. So I'm excited to uh, to continue these mm-hmm. recaps. I love any time. I forget who it was that they thought. Oh, I think it was the ladybug they thought was um, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. And I'm like, oh, that's because, like, you know, this is filmed however long ago. But she recently she's either still filming or was filming the second season of Australian like mass singer. Yeah. And they've already told her she's like fired. Oh, because so they let her finish out the season. I I couldn't find anything else about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't looked, you know, since like a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, apparently she was being really nasty to people. She couldn't remember the contestants' names even after they were like unmasked and like you know, they're they're like given their name very clearly. Oh. Um, and so she would just you know do whatever she wanted, but also would like go around like fire like in air quotes, like firing people. Oh. And it's like, she doesn't like, she can't fire production. Um, Why would you pick a girl from Long Island to go to Australia and judge the masked singer there? I, I don't understand they are that. Trying, Lindsay Lohan's people are trying to send her as far away as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> because like they sent her to Mykonos. That did not work out because her beach club is in ruins. It doesn't exist anymore. I That's mean, very Greek that her I, beach club is in ruins. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, starring Nia Bardalos. Um, right, was that my life in ruins? Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just, yeah, I, I like, I, I want her to, like, she's for me in the same place as Britney. Like, I just want her to do well, oh, but no. it doesn't, it doesn't happen. No, not for me. I root um, for Britney a little bit harder than I'll ever root for Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, um, although anyway. I still believe that she should have been nominated for either an Oscar or a Golden Globe for her portrayal of herself twice in The Parent Trap. I think she was excellent that. in that film. I love that movie. Um, mm. Well, our recaps of The Masked Singer will probably not be this long. We just figured we would recap since it's our first one and we're catching it right in the middle of yeah. the season uh, that we would start quickly. But let us know who you think is uh, still is yet to be unmasked. Let us know who your guesses were for some of the people that were unmasked. Um, we're we're just we're having such a good time watching the show and uh, we hope you are, too. So um, we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk eventually about smoke and mirrors, but we got a couple of things to talk about before that. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back, and we recently received a really interesting email from one of our listeners, Shane. Um, He said, I'm writing because I recently watched the documentary series Work the World on Well Presents. It ended up being a really interesting behind the scenes look at Work the World. But what struck me most were the differences between the older queens and younger queens and their attitude toward drag, international stardom slash celebrity status, meet and greets, etc. Obviously, I'm approaching this from a research standpoint. Nerd alert. But it's so interesting to me how younger queens have shaped their entire drag experience as a career and have been able to do so purely as a result of drag's mainstream visibility. The older queens on the tour, I'm thinking specifically of Sharon, Latrice, and Kennedy, all talk about how this is unprecedented and they never imagined that that this was a thing they'd ever be able to do as drag queens. I've also noticed that this has become a topic of conversation within the drag community as a whole. Older queens talk about how they started doing drag for reasons that had nothing to do with fame aspirations or career choices, but rather as artistic expression and often as a means of survival and escapism. Younger younger queens, however, have talked about shaping their entire careers around getting on Drag Race or Dragula, as Dahlia Black talks about on this past season at length. I find this fascinating and I'd love to hear your take on it. What kind of impact do you think this has on drag as a whole what about drag as art 
I'm sorry. What about drag as queer art? Is there a potential danger in approaching drag as a career or a moneymaker first and art second? And what about um, what about on a broader cultural level? I worry we have reached saturation and burnout when it comes to mainstream drag, and there's definitely palpable fatigue among longtime drag fans. I know I felt it, my friends have, and I imagine y'all have as well. When the hype surrounding drag and the stardom drag queens are receiving now dies down, as I think it inevitably will, what happens next? So, wow. Shane, you have given so much to think I about know. and talk about, and you have essentially read our minds. And I would love this to be a, a whole episode at some point. Yes. Actually. Yes. Um, I recently... So a, a big part of the reason why we stopped recapping Drag Race was part of this drag fatigue. Mm-hmm. I have been feeling it a lot to the point where I am slowly giving away pieces of my drag because I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired of it. Yeah, don't reach for my wigs, though. Yeah, well, your one of your wigs was reached for yesterday. Yeah, no. I mean, Miss Jade will wear them in good health. No, she can't uh, have that one. Bad health. I don't care what kind of health mm-hmm. she has when she wears it's them. the only as long wig as she wears I wore to a paid gig. <laughs> that is my hair. Um, yeah, uh, I just, I, I be, I've started to fall out of love with drag, um, and, uh, and I needed to take a sabbatical, mm-hmm. you know? I I agree, and I uh, this email like we've had this email for a week, and I've gone yeah. back and read it and reread it and reread it, um, and I think we even kind of mentioned it last week briefly. Yes, um, we did, because that's a lot. I mean, and and the thing is, yes, yes, I I agree with everything you're saying, Shane. Um, and I too, I think it is great. It's it's amazing that this platform has enabled queens to demand and receive a living wage to be able to perform in spaces that have proper lighting and tech and you know that that can essentially help them you know not to be corny but but to make their artistic dreams come true like right. truly and it, it's interesting that you mentioned latrice because getting to see her one woman show i think like two years ago at, at the Lori beachman was a really amazing experience and i don't think that it would have happened otherwise right you know um getting to see queens like you know i think of um Alaska in particular, again, seeing her do cabaret shows has been amazing. Again, right. something we wouldn't have seen otherwise. But those, the, the like older queens or the queens who've been doing it longer, I feel like have, you know, they, they grew up and or started drag in a, in a pre drag race world where like, yeah, you'd probably only do drag because it's something that you wanted to do or you thought it was fun or, um, as and we'll get to this but like you know sasha uses it as a way to cope with her anxiety and depression and as a means for survival yeah you know um because it's a release right Mm -hmm. but i do agree that like you know when you hear people are on this show and they're from our own city and i'm like who the hell is that like i've never heard of them girls we know who are out there working don't know who they are right I feel like we have another Vivian Panay situation yeah. where it's it's a queen who nobody heard of before the show and who kind of started drag to do the show. And that, that I will say, is where I have an issue because it's kind of taking away spots from queens who have been, I don't know if they've been working toward this, but who have been working for a very long time and might deserve a shot when they apply. You know I, what I mean? I wonder I, I wonder how other people feel about things like uh I don't know if it's qualifying or quantifying drag, like the the, quantifying. the level quantifying uh drag based on experience, mm-hmm. quantifying drag based on uh being known by other people mm-hmm. in the industry. I wonder how people feel about that because there are there are a lot of people that, you know, are working and and were working for a while before this show uh, and this you know I, this like launching this launch pad for mm-hmm. so many careers before it existed and I don't know I I think that there is good and there's bad in mm-hmm. in the in the idea of queens that grow up in a post drag race world mm-hmm. the I mean the first one that comes to mind is Bob the drag queen although I don't 
I don't fully believe that Bob started drag because he saw it on Drag Race. I know he's told that story a million yeah. times. I just he's so creative and he's so uh, entertaining as a drag queen mm-hmm. that I don't I don't know a hundred percent that he wouldn't have ended up there anyway. Yeah, you know? eventually, because he was doing comedy. Yeah, before, you know, um, before he was doing drag. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I also I also think about because you know if we're thinking about drag uh, like two decades ago, it was all about getting dressed up and then just going out and doing something, and you know, friend a friend of Lady Bunny's would do it mm-hmm. and then become you know uh, like a drag queen that just lived on forever or just did it for one night mm-hmm. and then came out and did it again. You know, like yeah, drag didn't have this whole. Um, this whole idea of having to quantify um, quantify drag or even place drag in different categories as like good drag or bad drag or, or um, a, a lot of this, uh, this like sorting these drag race queens into tiers mm-hmm. in terms of their, their value, like mm-hmm. their monetary value. Absolutely. None of this stuff really existed. And yeah. I really feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's there's good in that there is this whole industry mm-hmm. that has been created around drag. There is drag con, which is giving uh, all of these artists who make things like wigs and clothes mm-hmm. and uh, just all kinds of stuff. It's giving them a platform to then get their names out there and make contacts. They're making tons of money. Um, to me, the area where something like drag race gets in the way is when we start involving too many members outside of the queer community because we then have to explain what drag is Mm -hmm. and drag should never i never got as a queer person i never was drag was never explained to me right Mm -hmm. i didn't go in like wikipedia you know shade and reading and all of that stuff i just from going out it like you know and seeing like sahara who i you know started seeing perform well before she was ever on drag race Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden she disappeared for a while yeah and then came back and i'm like oh oh you were on that thing Mm -hmm. you know like um i yeah but it's true i i think and i think expanding on on you know the point that you're saying about you know non like it's abuse i will say it is it is essentially like Drag has come a long way in terms of mainstream acceptance and exposure and all of that. But what has not come a long way and what is still, I think, um, very uh, much in place is the idea that drag queens are cheap set dressing. Mm, and, yes, yes. And that is, you know, like, no, a drag queen will not be doing something for exposure when they've already been on TV and in particular... In the case of Miss Fame, yeah. okay, who has her own makeup line, who works her ass off, who's flown flown gratis to every fashion week in the world. Right. Okay? She does not need to do Justin Bieber's fucking music video for $500. Right. Like, but that at, is but insulting. But at the same time, if you're going to <laughs> use the same... Um, if you're going to use the same like criteria that you would use to decide whether someone is a good drag queen or a bad drag mm-hmm. queen, she has, you know, she has definitely carved out a niche because she's not a performer. No, she is. And she, she is a, 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 a fixture. She's a model. She is a. She's a model. She's a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she is an entrepreneur at this point. Yeah, she is is uh, really talented at all of the things that she does. Mm-hmm. But it's different from what other people do. Exactly. And so I think that was sort of what I was getting at is that like there is a there's an opportunity for everyone. Mm -hmm. I find it laughable that whoever is on Justin Bieber's team, because it sure wasn't Bieber who who made this decision. He probably doesn't even know what a drag queen is. (laughs) Maybe he does. I don't know. Um, but I, whoever was on his team was asking for Miss Fame to come in. Like Miss Fame is gorgeous, but she also has sort of made it clear that she's very, very busy and she doesn't have all day. Mm-mm. So, <laughs> also the you're the, gonna give her five hundred dollars to come and do what? I also oh, I, I I also highly doubt that they got their alternate choice for that. Oh, I hope not. Uh, like uh, uh-uh. like she was ha- gonna have to be flown in. Like as well. you're basically asking for the twin. 
like the very yeah, close yeah. sister. Like that's not going to work. Yeah. I just um it it just really bothers me and I I recall just you know and kind of taking it further into you know talking about how the queer community is being used now because I feel like this has also led to people you know, wanting to snag queer artists at a bargain basement price right. for things. And I mean, even further than that, like if they are good enough to, if queer artists and drag queens are good enough to be used in, you know, all these ventures, mm-hmm. right. And to be hired for these things, then they're good enough to, you know, allow into your restaurant. Yes. As well. Yes. Because Erica Clash was denied entrance to a a what a, a Whataburger? A Whataburger. A Whataburger is, in which Austin. Is, which is a fast food place. Yeah. During the Austin Drag Fest. So like until I see those things changing. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't I don't have confidence that like this huge sea of change is sustainable. Cause I, I, I really feel like it's going to take a lot more. And at the same time, we also have to preserve what drag like is right and it's not you know somebody in you know a much more elaborate version of a mickey and minnie mouse costume right i mean there there is also a lot to be said about the queens who are doing it because it's a um it's artistic expression Mm -hmm. for them versus the ones who are just doing it for the fame because the ones that are just doing it for the fame they're going to burn out easily Mm -hmm. because they don't have much of a voice in terms of being in drag yeah uh so I don't know. I I still I think we need to we maybe need to sit with this a little bit longer and then like you said dedicate an entire episode yeah. to it cuz I could talk about this that, all day. That in and of itself. I mean, I went on a little rant about that because yeah. it is something that in particular I feels feel I feel applies to this. Yeah. Um but and I and I really I I really I saw the the part about the fatigue and I was like, "Oh my god, you're reading my mind." Another thing and I will not mention it more than this, but it is that we have friends who have like complained or not even complained, but have talked openly with us about, you know, Queens coming in and, you know, like basically baby Queens, right. Who nobody knows who they are. I mean, like, well, I'll do that gig for $30, you know? And it's like, it's just not, excuse me. It, it's painful. It's painful to hear that. No one wins when you undercut your sisters, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, these baby Queens, they don't know what community means. No. No, there is no not at the beginning at least. Yeah. They have to be they have to they have to be part of the community before they can feel it. And they're not gonna do mm-hmm. that. They're just hungry for the exposure and so they're willing to do it for free. Which also brings me to the point of these uh promoters and, and bars that do competitions mm-hmm. where you essentially ask eight queens to come and compete and it's like your you're getting free entertainment out of that. Whether they're mm-hmm. good or bad, they're entertaining the crowd yeah. for four minutes each. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, I, I just, I don't know. I've always had a, a little bit of an issue with the the bar competition because I mm-hmm. feel like it's cheap. Yeah, it's like, yeah, two drink tickets. Great. Like, right. there's money. There, There's money, you know, that is being put out for them to win what a hundred dollar prize sometimes yeah and maybe there is a reason Mm -hmm. that those competitions exist i just i haven't i haven't figured that one out yet i feel like that has just been it's a part of the culture i think it absolutely is. but but now that things are a little more fruitful i mean i'm not saying that you know the the money's like pouring out but like there's a little more wealth to spread around so let's you know be kind and share i think um there's so many other so many other like when are drag queens going to start getting a cut of bar sales because they bring in most of the people well, coming when are into the bar more drag queens well when are more drag queens start getting a cut of bar sales? i think it, it needs to be a, a that like though that is the sea of change that i think we need to be concerned with making happen right and not right. necessarily mainstream media right but anyway um well one of the <laughs> One of the reasons that the fatigue sort of came up for me was because we went to see Sasha Velour's Smoke and Mirrors this past weekend, and I wasn't prepared for how brilliant it was going to be because it completely washed away all of my uh, all of my fatigue for mm-hmm. drag, and I just I really love how Sasha takes. Sasha takes all of these elements of things that she's really good at. She puts them all inside the same, you know, thing. Yeah, it's... (laughs) 
she puts them inside of this box and then creates with it and it mm-hmm. it always comes out fucking amazing and it was Ugh. it was so exciting to see because we have been we've we've seen Sasha perform in in small venues and then yeah. now to have seen her on a stage in a theater mm-hmm. uh it's it's something that it was a treat to see how her performance style has evolved and is still relevant in the theater making her artistic dreams come true exactly like i i adore sasha like from the moment we interviewed her on our little sofa mm-hmm. um <laughs> just not knowing what was coming you know right. for her and having a very honest conversation even about drag race with her if i remember correctly like i knew then there was just this very something special even that feels cheap saying special but it is it's it's kind of endless in mm-hmm. in that head of hers that beautifully contoured bald head mm-hmm. um i i don't think i've ever met somebody who has just so much running through their head so much creative output and is able to make just simple things so arrestingly beautiful you know yeah. using simple techniques and a projector I yeah. mean, that she needs a, you know, a pot of paint and a projector. That's the, you know, <laughs> what, what she's basically, you know, um, I would say almost trademarked because like Sasha's the projection queen. And apparently now she does magic with projections because there are some things that I could not figure out. Yeah. From that show. Um, well, but, no spoilers. Because, well, I'm, I know. wasn't, I was just going to say I can figure out. I know, out. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but I do agree. I felt very uplifted and, yeah. um, joyous even when it wasn't. You know, um, my my uh, my my excitement for drag has come back mm-hmm. because of Sasha also just and because of smoke and mirrors seeing familiar faces. I think that's the other thing, too, is that I've, and mm-hmm. I've said this ad nauseum on the podcast that like she has really put her money where her mouth is and mm-hmm. she surrounds herself with people who she's worked with for a very long time and seeing Johnny there and, you know, the, 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 the crew whose faces I've seen for a very long time now, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is a community and she's giving back to our community through employment, yeah. which is a very big thing. Um, and it's important. I think it's really important to, to, um, to acknowledge that, you know, Johnny's, uh, like Johnny's enthusiasm for this is a big part of, mm-hmm. of why this all works. Yeah. You know, I mean, it obviously coupled with her enthusiasm and the ideas that they put together and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like it, 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 it's so important to have. I and mean, she talked about it in the show, but it's important to have someone who believes in all of your dreams mm-hmm. the same way that you do. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm constantly thinking about how they're able to create together, and and there's, um, there's like an element of like in front of the camera behind the camera kind of thing yeah absolutely that just works beautifully with the mm-hmm. two of them and i don't know i just i was so blown away by the show and i'm so happy that we got a chance to see mm-hmm. it um i'm also kind of excited that it's traveling yeah cuz i think this is the like the first tour of it yeah and i think it has a, like maybe five or six more venues it's like through the end of november yeah if uh um, if smoke and mirrors comes to your city please go see it it's yeah. worth every penny it's so it's genius the way that that sasha put this together uh the um the it's just it, it's it's excellence it is um <laughs> it is a level of um Showmanship is the only word I can yeah. think of, and I don't want to. I wanted to use a more gender neutral term, but it is a level of of spectacle mm-hmm. that I don't think drag has ever really converged with. No, uh, no. Well, th- the thing is, it's very hard to classify what she does. I'm not trying I to think. classify. Well, it. no, no, but I'm like... saying I don't. I I don't think that it can be compared to anything else. And I think a lot about the um the build interview that she did recently, where yeah. she basically said that she stays away from using the term like elevating drag or you know a lot of these things that people you know like to throw around. And she's like, mm-hmm. it's a drag show. Like this is a drag show, but it's just in a big theater. And I like that she is. That that is something I I don't know why, but I think I I um I really appreciate because she's not um I feel like when you say like you're elevating drag or something like that that it it kind of is like well oh you know drag is just you know so let's make it better but it's she's making her own art better right. and bigger and realizing things that you know she has always wanted to and I also think just like never you know 
God forbid anything is easy. <laughs> because well, I think she just is constantly complicating her life in the most amazing creative way possible. Well, one of the numbers that we've definitely seen her do, and we talked about this on the way home. Um, oh, actually, we didn't talk about it on the way home because we were in a tow truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it on the uh, somewhere. Um, one of the numbers that she does is um, she does uh, Come Rain or Come Shine. Is that the name of the song by Judy oh, Garland? Oh, yes. We've, and we've seen her do this number before. And every time I watch it, I can't help but think, okay, so you create, because she creates all of the visuals on her computer mm-hmm. and then she has to like learn how to interact with them as these projections. And I can't help but think like, okay, you've created an obstacle, a digital obstacle for mm-hmm. yourself. And then you're like, okay, come watch me overcome it. That is mm-hmm. That is Sasha's version of drag. And I feel for me personally, that is an elevation of drag because I've okay. never seen anything like that. She can feel free to say whatever she wants, but in my brain she has elevated drag mm-hmm. because I look at it and I take it more I I take it more seriously watching her do it because I see the dedication in mm-hmm. in her eyes and every in all of the visuals that I'm getting from her mm-hmm. and all that. And not that I'm here to judge, but I just I really do feel like whatever's coming out of her brain is elevating drag. It's, and I think also in in to add on to that it's it's genuine. Yes. That's there. There is an um, it's something I look at when I look at works of art and I'm like, is is it honest? Mm-hmm. You know, like is is what you're looking at the artist's actual um, viewpoint? Mm-hmm. And I feel like her drag and her performances from the moments from the moment we first saw her perform is that they are they are some of the most honest performances that i've ever seen a drag queen do Mm -hmm. because it is her and i think that that is um yeah it's just yeah i mean the the last time i saw anything even remotely similar to what sasha does is when crystal when crystal something something still lived in brooklyn and she would also do numbers with projections behind her and they Mm -hmm. would be timed yeah it just it it's it's the type of thing where drag doesn't have to and and that's the I think that's the other thing is that drag does not have to be this elaborate digital thing but if you can make it that way and if it uh it then like if it extends the fantasy mm-hmm. then do it because yeah. it's cool but you yeah. can also do great drag without a projector and Absolutely. you can like with just a spotlight or just a flashlight. Mm-hmm. We've seen drag queens do amazing stuff where it's just a flashlight and a bunch of props. Do you, you know? Do you not remember when we saw the winner of season 10 do a performance in the dark? With, oh my god, with, where with those little with those little finger lasers? Yes, that and was granted, so it was, cool. Aquaria did it very well. I didn't know who the hell she was at that point because mm-hmm. she was we you heard know. of her. Well, but I didn't, you know, like you didn't even see her face. Her reputation at the time was more about her age than it was about her drag. Exactly. Um, but, but you it know, was, it's, we, we were blown away. It was a one, and all it took were little finger lasers. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that it's, um, and if I'm not mistaken, and I hope I'm not misquoting them, um, way back when, when we started this podcast and we had Azrea on, who I think was our second interview, mm-hmm. either on the air or off the air, she said, you know, it really doesn't matter what you do or how you do it in drag or what your makeup looks like just do it to, i think she said uh they to said the best of your ability to the best of your ability yeah just like don't don't half ass it if it's mm-hmm. going to be you be you 150% and it's something i've thought about when when we've done our makeup in the past when i'm working on anything anything creative i'm like it doesn't have to be the best for everybody but i need to put my all into it if i want anything i do to come out well and i right. feel like sasha does that yeah yeah mm. and um and we're lucky to be alive at a time when we can see this kind of amazing yes. drag <laughs> constantly exciting yes i loved it i had such a good time um we're gonna take a break but when we come back we've got our rupaul's drag race uk review and uh, keto corner and i'm so excited so stick around we'll be right back Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. 
Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back and we're getting right into our one minute Drag Race UK review. Are you ready? Yes. Are you keeping us honest today? I am. Okay. Ready, set, go. Um... I, I honestly thought this was kind of a throwaway episode. Absolutely. Um, I It's a drag makeover, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. With the exception of Bag of Chips, who made her mom look like a bag of shite. Who apparently she's weathering the storm on social media because of the stuff. She threw her mom under the bus. She really did. I have to say that she is, really did. Okay, I will. I, this is what we're, because you know, great. I thought Cheryl Hole was actually one of the best ones with what she did with her sister. Yeah. Um, I love that her sister is a true Essex girl now that we all know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I She barely I also, needed to paint her face. I thought that the Vivian was going to be in the bottom based on what I that looked like. I thought so too. But you know, she cared for her mom. And she did. Baga just, I'm like, did you have like a bad relationship with her before? Because like, seemed like you were taking it out on her, yeah. but I don't know her business. Well, team Davina. Yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Davina and Delisha? Delisha. 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 Um, okay. Let's move on to Keto Corner. I'm very excited about Keto Corner. You want to play some Keno? Keno. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very excited about Keto Corner this week because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Um, so your face. My face. Uh, we are releasing or have released today our, uh, well, my video for chicken parmesan casserole. Yes. Um, which is a recipe that I put together from two different sources, which you'll see on YouTube, you know, the links to the, the recipes that I kind of Frankenstein together. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I think, one of one of my favorite recipes that we've made because I've I've made it so many times at this point that I can make it really crispy and really cheesy and very tender. Um, yeah, it's just it's very tasty. It's really hard to it's hard to forget. Hard to forget. It's easy to forget that you're not actually eating chicken parm mm-hmm. when you're eating this recipe. Yeah, because it has all of the 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 textures and the like tastes, I think, that you get um, yeah. with it. And I was very uh, excited to, to do that recipe because I think it's... Um, so it's a little time, like, t- you know, it's a tiny time commitment, but, but you get eight servings out of it. Yeah. So... It's, you know. it's a really good recipe. It's actually, it's part of this week's meal prep too. So yeah. I'm excited. I did just it. made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, please go ahead and check it out. Um, and let me know what you think. Yeah. And let us know if you have any suggestions for, uh, for content that we should put out on our YouTube channel. I know that, uh, someone wanted us to do more like what we eat in a day, uh, follow us around for a day. I'd be into that. But okay. Well, I guess we have to talk about it. <laughs> I like the recipe videos because in, and I have to say it was Robert's idea to do things on YouTube because I am, I'm a little camera shy. So I apologize if I seem yep. a little awkward. Um, I, uh, I kind of like cooking in silence. So it's, you know, um, but I have really enjoyed, uh, look, trying to keto recipes and I'm working on some, um, that I'm kind of, I'm not sure if they'll come out right away or, Whenever, but it's like I said. I think last week it's like a it's like a science experiment. Yeah, but you get to eat it. So yeah, what's more fun? Than well, that? that's what next week's video is going to be. But we'll talk yes. about that next week. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. So now it's time for I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Me siento muy excited. <laughs> First up. We want to say congratulations to Lil Nas X on winning Musical Event of the Year alongside Billy Ray Cyrus at the CMAs. He is the first openly gay man to win a country music award. So Bravo. Bursting the door wide open. I'm so excited for him and he deserves all of the success that he mm-hmm. gets. Uh, what else is in the So the next corner? thing that we're ex- and, and excited, kind of a stretch for this one, but... Because it's not anyway. Is um the Joker starring well Joaquin, Joker joke? Oh, it's just Joker. It's okay. just Joker. Yeah. Uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and I think that we both have different 
feelings about it but i think they're they're pretty much the same yeah but they're a little different (laughs) the movie sorry i have it's such a hard movie to talk about because i don't i don't want to spoil anything um i think it's it's definitely something that everybody should see and at first i thought it would be great if like you were a batman fan or any something like that but i think everybody should watch this because i think that the movie is it's very entertaining it's very scary but it's more scary, I think, because it's it's very um, uh, timely. Yes. Timely. Um, and there is a speech that he gives that I was like, yes, yes, you're right. You know, and the fact that they were able to make make you feel sympathy for the Joker, I think, is something that I'm still kind of uh, struggling with. Because yes. he, is, he is the one Batman villain who is just evil. He's like the Michael Myers mm, of, mm-hmm. of the Batman franchise. You know, yeah. like the Penguin, Two-Face, Catwoman, they all had something unfortunate happen to them that turned them into this. But the Joker is kind of in a league of his own. And to create an origin story for him that is so relatable, I think is fascinating. And very uncomfortable. And it, yes, it is a it very, very uncomfortable, uncomfortable movie. So, yeah. you know, this is, it's, I think it's almost like required viewing for many reasons. Mm. Um, but it's not like, you're not going to feel like, yay. No. You know, this is, this is not no. like a, um, you know, like a, like a Christian Bale Batman movie. This is a, a deep dive into trauma and psychosis and all sorts of uncomfortable stuff but that you should know about i think those christian bale batman movies they were dark they were dark in in uh in energy as well i just i think that this movie lives outside it almost lives outside of the dc universe altogether mm-hmm. uh and that i think is what made it even more uh uncomfortable is because even the little flashes of cartooniness that are supposed to be accompanying not just batman but also the joker typically they don't exist at all in this movie no there's no it is all no not at all it's all far too real Mm -hmm. and that's just and that's me me as a person who enjoyed the movie i really really enjoyed watching Mm -hmm. this movie it just it made me feel hopeless for society yeah so there's that uh but i i did think that it was a very interesting movie you completely forget that you're watching an origin story for a villain from a comic book series i it, it breaks my heart. Yeah. Like, it really, it really does. And, like, yeah, because I will spoil something. But it is... But it is excellent. It's It really is. And I I hope he gets... No- I, I don't know if... Because I, I, you know, don't obviously don't know who else is nominated or will be for any of these awards. And not that those mean anything. But this was an amazing, an amazing performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Um, I can't... I can't imagine him not getting nominated um, for both the fact that his performance was great, but also, like... If we're going to talk about the privileged people who get nominated, mm-hmm. I think that like he has all of the, you know, yeah. like what the Academy's looking for in terms of the the uh, the, the typical mm-hmm. nominee. He yeah. has it all there. But also the performance was so haunting and uncomfortable. I can't yeah. see him. I not forgot who it was kind of five minutes in the whole time. And uh, the whole time I was convinced it was Jared Leto. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is stupid, because Jared Leto wasn't as good of a uh, Joker. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh. Yeah. But it just, it, the movie made me very uncomfortable. I'm really happy that we watched it, though. Yeah. I will say that. Um, so, yeah, check out Joker. Let us know what you think. Um, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, <laughs> I didn't know how to transition out of that. Um, well, yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode. Yes, we are Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. And please send your questions, comments, and otherwise to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. So until next time. Bye. Bye.